1: Is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer
0: on Oilers
1: Radio 630 Ched.
0: Bob Stoffer joining you from Toronto. The Oilers and the Maple Leafs tomorrow night, 5 o'clock. Jack Michaels and myself will have the call on the Oilers Radio Network. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, Cam Moon, Brendan Escott, all part of the Oilers Radio Network. Royal Pizza, pizza past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. They've got 15 Edmonton area locations, four in Calgary, and one in Red Deer. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean. Mediterranean chicken. Royal Pizza is still making it great. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. Our Oilers Now headliner today is presented by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W I L H A U K today. Well, uh, some have suggested that there might be a radio host or two in the Edmonton market that think they're the GM our next guest is a radio host that has been an nhl general manager we welcome back to the show uh he was once the maple leafs gm uh from sirius xm nhl network radio he also does some work with sportsnet we welcome back to the show gord stellick hello gord how you doing oh, i'm going doing well bob and uh yeah certainly way back when when i was
1: a gm we dreaded playing the edmonton oilers for sure and uh, it looks like decades later it's uh, got that same kind, of, uh, same kind of rivalry or same kind of cachet.
0: Well, maybe uh, educate our listeners here. What years uh, were you in Maple Leafs management?
1: Well, I traveled from, uh, to answer your question, I was there from 1979 to 1989, and then New York Rangers a couple of years, and then I've been on media for a long time. But I, I do remember, Bob, going to Edmonton once with the team Uh, Like I said, most of that time I I was like, uh, you know, travel secretary, assistant GM, whatever I was. And they happened to have a rare Friday and Saturday night home game. So Friday Edmonton played Calgary, and I think they beat the Flames 8-3. And the next night we played them on the Saturday, and I think the Edmonton beat us 9-2 or something. And this is like sort of when they're about to start winning their Stanley Cups, like 85-ish or so. And I can just remember 84, whatever. And I I can remember saying to the – I go, do you people have any idea what you just saw? Because there wasn't TSN or Sportsnet or that back then so much. And I go. These are five of the best goals of the seventeen goals I saw over the two nights. These are five of the best goals I've seen all season. You know, and uh, you don't. You have no idea. Uh, well, I mean, you have an idea how great the team is, but because there wasn't, you know, access to all the other games. Uh, wow, it was it was very impressive.
0: Well, as you know, we were privileged to have Wayne Gretzky as uh, a vice chair for the Oilers Entertainment Group. He traveled with us probably about half the trips from 1617 until the pandemic hit 1920. He's been very giving and sharing with his time, which is his nature. He's been on our show multiple times and the storytelling. And he'd tell me about what a big deal it was for all the Ontario guys to go back in and play at Maple Leafs Gardens in Toronto. And, you know, you look at the seventeen team now, and Gordon, I've done extensive work behind the scenes sort of grinding numbers on where the oilers have been successful drafting players. And they have been successful drafting players out of the OHL. <laughs> they have fit well at Edmonton. And we're now it's to paraphrase Yogi Berra, it's deja vu all over again. Yeah, that's the likes right. Of that's Connor right. McDavid. Right? Uh, the likes of Connor McDavid. So We know how great of a player i'll I'll get to matthews in a second he's an incredible player great shot tremendous two-way player right now connor mcdavid has twice as many points as austin matthews um i think what we're seeing this season is unparalleled i mean in terms of how advanced his skill set is you've worked in the game in a variety of roles your thoughts yeah,
1: and, you know, Bob, to go back again to Wayne Gretzky, it's like when he was putting astronomical points up, whatever the 212 or whatever the number was, the point being was it wasn't the second-place person didn't have 200. Like, he was like 80 points ahead of whoever was in second place or something thereabout. So it just showed how, you know, uh, leaps and bounds he was ahead of the field. And that's kind of what's going on right now with Connor McDavid. Like, he's taken it to a different orbit. He's already been in a different orbit. You know, he's just, you know, from day one, he's been one of those very few guys. Conor Bedard may be the next one, but just you know, enter like, like Lemieux and Crosby did. And, uh, I mean, Gretzky was never a first overall pick, but just, you know, that, that kind of cachet. So he's a pleasure to watch. I can't believe his speed and his ability to turn at that kind of speed and that breakneck speed, and it almost was his undoing. And, you know, nobody plays Game 82s anymore because of Connor McDavid's hit, the, by, the hit by Giordano that changed his summer a couple of years ago. But uh, I, I just love watching him. Selfishly, I like to see those players go deep in the playoffs. You know, and and I, I think it's great for the game if they do. Uh, I, you know, my earliest guy would be Bobby Orr in that realm. I wasn't, I'm, I'm you know, after Bellovo in his prime and and Gordy and Bobby Hull in their prime, so to speak. But uh, yeah, it's um, he is uh, he is uh, he's a treasure, and I think of Harry Howell's line years ago when he won the Norris Trophy, and he said, uh, "I'm glad I won it before Bobby Orr wins it the next 10 years." I think, you know, Austin Matthews may have caught a break last year that. I don't think uh, you know if his health holds up. That Connor McDavid intends on giving up any of those awards.
0: Yeah, well, Leon, of course, sneaking through in nineteen didn't sneak through at a great year in nineteen twenty. Let's talk about the Maple Leafs. I love the work that uh, Kyle Dubas and Toronto did at the deadline. Like you, you take a look. You know, the the trade of St. Louis, uh, I'm a huge, huge believer in Sam Lafferty. That's a real good, well-priced bottom six forward. Um, So, you know, the trade, obviously, with the Hawks. And I'm still trying to figure out what Brian McClellan was doing, giving back a number one with Gustafson uh, in the trade for Sandin. But I'd like to get your, you watch this team on a nightly basis. Give me your overall assessment and the body of work of Toronto management.
1: Well, uh, like it, you know, I mean, all the clichés, they had to swing for the fences. They have to go for it this year. I mean, there's no secret. I don't think there's any other team that there's not more pressure on to win the first round of the playoffs. And a couple of years ago, they went on the bigger side. And as far as the trade went, got Nick Felino. And Nick Felino, he was hurt. He never really fit in. It, it never really worked. And what's been good, Bob, about what Kyle Dubas and company have done is they've really addressed the needs. And one was on D. And now you've got Jake McCabe, so you've got your 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 main core four, Riley McCabe Giordano and and TJ. Brody, because in the playoffs, you don't have to play sixty. I mean, the stud defense can start playing a lot more. You needed to do something different with your third and fourth line, a different kind of makeup, and you and you did all that because uh, Lafferty's one, Nola Cherry as well as a player I've liked. And before he got hurt, Ryan O'Reilly, you know, showed us what he's all about. I mean, 70% in the face-offs most nights, and the guy that's won the MVP of the playoffs. So, you know, what he brings, and it looks like when he's healthy, they'll go with the depth at center. You know, rather than having Tavares shift to the left wing, they'll have Tavares, Matthews, and Ryan O'Reilly. So they, they've really check, check, check checked all the boxes as far as uh, looks like it'll be the Tampa Bay Lightning, but just in general, being better prepared or as prepared as possible to move forward in the playoffs.
0: I look at Tampa, and I know they got that big heavy D. Uh, obviously, they've got the goaltending advantage, but Toronto's faster, and I yeah. like, and the Lightning haven't played really well of late. I mean, I, the Leafs are in the pool of death, right, because they got to get through both uh, Tampa and then Boston, we would assume. Can they do it? Yeah, yeah, they can. They can. I mean, they took them to a game seven last
1: year. A weird thing, Bob, is they. I mean, their last whatever number of playoff series—what three with Boston, one with Columbus, one with Montreal. uh Well, the, a Washington one was a six-gamer. But and again, last year against Tampa, they have all gone to deciding games, and they've always played their worst game in the deciding game. You know, that's been that's been a problem. But. It's funny. Last year, they, you know, there's moments that uh, that really switch the Edmonton. There's moments where you kind of have them, or the or the momentum changes. Last year, they won game one at home decisively. Game number two, uh, I think it was tied zero zero, but they outplayed them in the first period. Then Victor Hedman scored a one with about five seconds left in the period, and that kind of got Tampa Bay back in the hunt. Other thing is Tampa Bay. I know it's they're not old, but they're, <laughs> excuse me, older. And Toronto, more and more, their guys are kind of more getting into the prime. So I think that's another little edge. The big one, though, for Tampa Bay is Vasilevsky. Yeah,
0: he's, I mean, he's, uh, Gordon, I'll, I'll let you get resettled if you want for a second there. I mean, you're talking about one of the top three goaltenders in the league. The Leafs, Samsonov's had a wonderful season uh, to, to this point, 915 save percentage. Matt Murray back, he's dealt with some injuries this year, but the goaltending would be advantage. Gord, I'll, I'll go a different path with you here. Uh, Connor McDavid last year, 33 points in 16 games in the playoffs. Leon Draisaitl, 32 points in 16 games. He had 17 points in five games against Calgary, despite playing through a a high ankle sprain. Um, Matthews and Marner, 33 points in 39 games. Does Toronto need more out of their big guns come crunch time, time in the playoffs? Yeah. Big time, big time. They need – They need. Um, and, and what happened as
1: well, they, they didn't get the depth as well. You know, they didn't get the third or fourth line coming through, but they need – you know, when they had that run and you had guys like Matt Sundin and Gary Roberts and Darcy Tucker and you eliminated a better Ottawa team, what, four times in five years. You know, we, we saw – and, of course, you had Belfour and Curtis Joseph in goal, which you don't have nowadays, but there's no doubt about it. And, and you know, it's a funny one, Bob, that uh, after the Columbus series – when they lost the best three to five in the bubble and Kyle Dubas reacted about, he goes, I'm tired of all the crap Mitch Marner's taking. And well, first of all, the crap he's taking is, um, on social media. So why do you even acknowledge social media? But it was almost like letting the team off for, you had no reason to lose this series. I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois looked like a Smythe trophy winner, you know, in that particular series. I I don't know what it's been. They're just, you know, and last year, of course, the line, and I know Sheldon Keefe would take it back, but just said the handshakes were a lot stronger this year, you know, after. And, that, and you know, that's not the cachet you want from the kind of totals you're talking in the playoffs and, and what it takes, what it takes to win it all. And, yeah, that kind of... You know, uh, and what struck me, too, when he said that about Marner defending him, Marner had had a hell of a series before against Boston. So it's not like, you know, I, I, I get tired of the word, the process and all these things. I mean, these guys have all won before in different places and they know they know what it takes and they just haven't come to whatever it's been. That's been the bailiwick here that they have not been able to bring it, whether it's the individuals or the team to that necessary level.
0: You know, we bumped into uh, Gee, and it is Guy Goudreau, Johnny's dad, uh, in Columbus. Right. And he, you know, we talked a bit about the injury to Dry Settle in Game 6 against L.A., and then he ended up on the line with Connor. And he was like, as that series went on, the, the Flames didn't have an answer for those two guys. And I just, I circled back, I mean... Because I think Nylander, to me, Nylander's, I mean, 30, he's got 33 this year. He had 34 last year. He has taken that step that everybody was hoping for when he got that deal. And he's been a pretty consistent scorer. Tavares's foot speed concerns me a little, uh, come playoff time, but he's a real smart player that can, like, I just, I I just look at those top two guys with Matthews and Marner. They've not had their breakout performance in the playoffs, but David and Drysettle did it. But that said, you make you know, you can make the argument, well, Leon and Connor didn't go up against Andre Vasilevsky. You know, they went up against Jacob Markstrom and lit him up. So uh, now here's the deal. They can do it. If they don't do it, I mean, you're around this, Mark. You've worked here. You're a guy that's been in the chair till they have to look at an alternative path in terms of management.
1: Well, you know, you, you know, same with you. We're not out to get people fired, same like with Chuck Fletcher earlier today, right? Uh, but it right. is, it is what goes on in the game, and I, I see no choice. I don't know how they could come back again to uh, the Toronto Maple Leaf faithful and and sell it again, spin it again, and I, and again. Um, I just talked earlier that to, uh, Kyle Dubas has, has checked all the boxes as far as I'm concerned around the trade deadline, but. You know, whether it's cap management earlier, whether it's not being able to develop a goaltender from within or have your goaltending situation stabilized, whatever the reason is, uh, they've had more than enough chances. One year away from Austin Matthews potentially leaving. Um, Who knows if he's going to go or not, but you know, starting July 2nd, the heebie-jeebies will start about that, and obviously players factor in a lot of reasons, and if if they're going to stay or go, and you know one is about having some kind of playoff success or a chance for playoff success. So uh, I I can't you know even though you, you look back at it and say hey they're in the top six or whatever top five in the NHL in points and all these things, you, you, to me you can't go back to that well one more time.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I think they've done as good a job as, like, you take a look at how they managed the cap and they got ahead of it, even though they were in LTIR. Uh, I think they got everybody going in terms of the, you know, the, you can argue the Rangers did with the, the trade for Tarasenko or even the Islanders with Horvat, but I don't see it that way. Cause to me, the arms race was Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto and you know, and the Oilers, ironically enough, with, the Ekholm trade may have made, and I'm, okay, is playing good. They got Korpisalo, they got Gavrikov, but for the purposes of Edmonton, they might have made the most impactful move in the West. It's going to be real intriguing to watch here. Uh, just a final thought, because you've been in, uh, it is a dramatically different business now with the salary cap, isn't it, than it was back in your time?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, no question, no question. I mean, I can remember decades ago on trade deadline morning, There was a trade between Montreal and Washington that had not even been been discussed. Uh, David Poyle was the GM of Washington, Jack Ferrer of Minnesota, and uh, three of the four players became Hall of Famers. Let me get it right here. So you had uh, Bob Rouse and Dino Cicerelli going to Washington, and Mike Gartner and Larry Murphy going to Minnesota. Like, I mean, you know, you didn't have to worry about the cap, and they, they kind of picked it up on a whim, and it got legs, and they made the deal just before the trade deadline. So the cap's trade changed a lot of things. Salary retention, you know, finding a bank of a third team to do it, long-term injury, you know, all these types of things. So that's made it a very different animal than, uh, than back in my day.
0: Gord, great stuff. Evan Bouchard, Larry Murphy, there's your comparable for you. Uh, thanks for your time, Gord. Hey, Bob, always a pleasure. There you go. That is former Maple Leafs general manager, longtime Toronto media uh, personality, Gord Stellick. When we come back in Oilers Now, we'll wrap the show with this day in Oilers history. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on
1: Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.
0: 153 in Edmonton as we head off into the list and Otter's history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, we're going to Cali in April to see the Orders play the Kings and the Ducks. You can reach out to travel.com I think there's a couple more spots left on that trip. We're only going to go back a couple of years ago. Uh, March 10th of uh, 2011, Leon Drysaddle had a hat-trick. He added two assists, five points as the Edmonton Oilers routed the Ottawa Senators 7-1. It was the second time in that 56-game Canadian Division season in which Drysaddle had five or more points against Ottawa. The Oilers went 9-0 and against the Sens during the 2021 season. Remember, Calgary and Vancouver... They basically missed the playoffs because of how they played against Ottawa. And Ottawa's got a real good team. They won in Seattle last night. They are in Edmonton on Tuesday night. We have tomorrow night's game between the Edmonton Oilers and the Maple Leafs. Jack Michaels will have the call with me, along with Rob Brown, Reed, Wilkins, Cam Moon, and Brendan Escott from the Oilers Radio Network. Uh, Monday's show, will tell you, Our guests will include Colin Schott, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, and uh, we'll also have... Um, Let's see, we'll have John Shannon on for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight uh, from 6 to 8. And again, the face-off show, 3.30 puck drop on uh, Saturday, uh, roughly 5.15. The orders of the Maple Leafs. Connor McDavid, uh, fully back at practice, ready to go. He was flying around, for those of you that were concerned when he uh, clattered into uh, Derek Ryan. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Kevin Robertson followed by Rob Breakner from 2 to 3. And then Chelsea Bird has Chelsea on shed from 3 to 6. Again, Reed welcomes tonight. 6 to 8. Special thanks to Derek Scott for pinch hitting for Brendan and Scott. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 3.35 Edmonton time.